Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. I'm your host, Haley Rowe, and I help you get clients consistently, market your standout offers, build your business foundations like your messaging, your niche, your offer, and I help you build a sustainable, profitable coaching business that works with your schedule. And I'm so excited to dive into the show. Here we go. Guess what? I'm so excited to announce that my free private training sharing how to book paying clients consistently without posting more or needing a big audience is now live for an encore. You can check it out at HaleyRowe.com slash training. You get to learn more about the inner circle. You get to learn the behind the scenes of what I share with my clients and learn how you can get your next clients without needing to obsess with stressful launches annoying tech, all that kind of stuff. So check it out and can't wait to hear how it goes for you. Today I am here with Lori Nordstrom and I'm so excited to talk with her about how to start planning your business plan for the new year. We're at that stage right now where you're probably thinking about what do I want to accomplish and what did I do this year and reflecting. And so I thought it'd be perfect to talk with her today about how do we plan a business plan and how do we make sure we actually implement it and all that good stuff. So Lori, I'll let you introduce yourself first and then we'll dig in. Yeah. And all the good things, right? (laughs) I think uh, usually people get like really weirded out about business planning. So I'm excited to dive in today. So thanks for having me. Um, I'm Lori Nordstrom and I'm part of uh, team gold digger, the gold digger girl, com. I work with Kimberly Olson, who has built a $7 million business in five years, all on social media. So um, that's impressive to me. I'm not a social media queen. <laughs> so uh, so I love that. I love learning from her and all, all things Gold Digger. So yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah. And Kimberly was on the podcast, the Health Coachation podcast a while back about TikTok, because she is the TikTok queen. And that's something that I learned a lot from her about that. So let's talk about business planning. Um, When it comes to business plan, like what is that? Can you kind of just first talk about what is, what should you even be thinking about for a business plan? Yeah. And there are actually 10 steps that go into a business plan and and we can walk through those, but um, the business plan is really the foundation of any business. And I work with a lot of people who are, have taken the thing that they love whether it's health coaching, it's um, a product that they create, it's, you know, just something that they love and they're into and they start doing it because they love it. People tell them they're good at it. And then they get to a point and sometimes it's a year in, sometimes it's three years in, but there gets to be this point where business owners stop and say, wait a second, I have to make this work and I have to make money at this and I have to do this right. Or I have to go back to loving it because I'm not loving it anymore. And really setting a a plan in place, putting a plan in place is something that allows us to really build on that foundation of a solid plan. And the very first time that I ever wrote a business plan was in 1999. It's been a bajillion years ago, but I was buying my first retail location, my first brick and mortar. And I got a loan through this, through the SBA, Small Business Association. And part of that loan process was to write a business plan. And I had already been in business for over 10 years at that point, but I never written a business plan. And it was one of the best things at the time. It was like, oh, you know, how do I do this? And there was no internet searching. There was no Google at the time. And so, you know, it was just, it was a very scary thing at the time. 
but it was one of the best things that I could have ever done for my business. And now I'm such a huge believer in getting that business plan written so that we have something, that foundation that we can go back to when we're doing our reviews weekly, monthly, quarterly, definitely yearly. And, you know, checking off, I, I like to ask two questions at every uh, set point. And those questions are what went well and what could go better. And we're constantly revising. So it, do, it doesn't have to be a scary process. It is in the beginning because we see yeah. words like, um, you know, executive summary and competitive analysis. And those things can seem scary when we don't really know what that means or what what I should be writing down. Yeah. And I think a business plan is kind of scary to people because they worry that they're not going to follow through on it. And so they're like, and then they're going to beat themselves up for not following through on it. And so I think the key here is to take your business seriously. And like, I have a planning process. I wouldn't call it quote unquote, a business plan. Cause I don't have each section of like, if I were to look up a resume or a business plan, like on the internet, the sections they would have would probably be a little different than mine, but it's, it's, Setting a, I think the whole point here is setting a goal, breaking it down, putting it into your calendar, reviewing it and refining it as you go, and being able to ask yourself those really, really critical questions like what went well, what can I improve? But at least you now know what your targets are or what you're tracking for. And sometimes just having that idea of what am I even trying to accomplish here or what's like the key. So rather than just saying, I want to get clients what's the pre-step to getting clients? I want to get discovery calls. Okay, well then I want to get email subscribers because they go through my funnel. Like, so you got to work backwards, right? And uh, when you start to track those things, it's amazing what can happen because what gets tracked gets improved as they, as they say. So take us through the steps, if you will, if, if you're cool with going through. I know there's a lot yeah. of so if that's yes. if you live with that. Well, and 10 steps, and I do call them a little bit different than you would see on a traditional business plan as well, because I want to make it a little bit more fun and easy. And I love that you said that, you know, we're scared to, to write it down because what if I change my mind? And um, I don't know if you guys ever talk about the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram 7. I don't like to have a plan. I want to be spontaneous. I don't want to know what I'm doing next week, let alone next year, or, you know, the first time I'm thinking about, uh, you know, getting serious about writing goals. And it's like, think about where you want to be in three years, five years, 10 years. And I'm like, no, I don't want to know what I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, but what I've learned is that our business plan really is, I call it a living, breathing document. This is something that is going to, it's going to change. It's going to grow and it's going to expand. But the the point is, is that, uh, you know, one of the keys, especially now on social, you know, we all talk about building a personal brand and we can't build a personal brand if we're not true and authentic to ourselves. Yes. As we grow as people, as business owners, we are going to evolve. We are going to change. But as that happens, our business plan gets to grow and evolve with us. So, you know, it's just this foundation and it gets to be revisited. Every review we make, um, you know, certain times during the year, I even suggest setting some time aside to go back through the business plan and what have I, you know, what have I accomplished through this? What do I need to improve on? And so, yeah, so let's go through the 10 steps really quickly. And I do have these in a download for anybody that would want it. If you want to just type in plan in the comments and we'll make sure that you get this. Um, but these are the 10 steps to writing your business plan. The very first step is to dream a little bit. And that's where we're going to just put that vision on paper and really think about the goals that we want to set. 
I like to set personal goals first. I think that's something that is really important and really key when we own our own businesses. It's one of the beauties of having our own business is that we get to plan personally first. So I would really encourage you that in all areas you're setting goals, faith, fitness, finances, family, financial, all the things that you plan personally first, and then you build your business around those goals and those dreams. So writing that dream, those dreams and goals and that vision first is the very first step. And just, I like to say dream a little bit because um, we don't have to be stuck with that thing if we don't check off the box. One of the quotes that I have on this uh, little download is, the point of setting goals isn't to reach them, it's to change our behavior and teach us about who we're becoming. And that's from John Maxwell. And I studied with John Maxwell. I'm a John Maxwell speaker, coach, uh, person. And, <laughs> and that was one of the things that really hit me when he said it for the first time live in a group that I was in was, you know, your goals are not about checking off boxes. It's not about getting to that goal. It's becoming the person who would reach that goal. It's becoming that person. And so putting those daily habits in place to really change who we are becoming. So I love that. Um, One good thing about that is you don't realize the byproduct effect of that. So you, uh, maybe you don't hit the big, big goal. Maybe you come just a little below it or something, but you stretch yourself to what, to new skills, new habits, new things that you wouldn't have had that now pour over in other areas of your life too. Like knowing how to set a goal, knowing how to stay focused, knowing like all that stuff will play into becoming the next better version of yourself or a different goal you're working towards too. Yes, a hundred percent. It's all about those little daily things. And, and a lot of times the other thing that I see happen is, you know, especially we're at that time of year, it's the first of the year. And so people get, you know, excited about writing down their goals and their vision for the year and the word of the year and all the things, but we're not putting strategy in place behind it. And that's one of the things that the business plan can do is start nailing down that strategy and even those daily action steps. And if we're plugging in reviews into our system daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, then we can look back and say, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? Because every day is a fresh day. Every day we get to start again. So yeah, I love that. Um, all right, step two is your business description and a mission statement. So what is your business all about? It's really just giving a, you know, a little mini mission statement even. It doesn't have to be this long thing, but what is my business all about? Who do I want to show up as? Who do I want to be in the world? What do I want pe people to think of when they hear about my business and my brand? So step two is just um, writing out that description and some of those values and priorities of your business. What is your business all about and the impact that you want to make in the world? Step three is defining your products and services. So if you're a coach, um, maybe you don't have physical products. Maybe you have services as you know, in your different coaching levels that you might have. You may have products as well, but you want to really define all those out. And as you're defining them, each one of them, uh, really thinking about, and it's another one of the steps, but thinking about who that perfect person is that needs that product or that service. And so you're not only defining the products and services, but who it's for, what pain points it solves, and um, you know how you want people to be attracted to those products and services. So we're defining those and getting detailed on them. 
Um, step four is the customer serve, customer experience and the client journey. So what do you want people to experience as they um, are introduced to your business? And then as they start working with you, uh, using your products, using your services, what does that client journey look like? How are you going to take care of those people? How are you going to follow up with them? How are you going to get reviews? Um, how are you going to make them feel really, really cared for? Um, one of the things in the coaching industry, uh, sadly, that you know that I hear often is, you know, I paid all this money and I didn't really, you know, get anything out of it. And that is almost never the coach's fault. It's almost always the person that's going into it that is not they're they're not getting the results because they're not doing the work, right? I mean, anybody can really get anything out of any coaching program. And um, even if even if we're learning things not to do, everything's a gift. So, um, you know, so what I would encourage you is to think about think about that person in that way, the person that would come in and use your products or use your services and be disappointed at the end. What could we be doing to make sure that we've got those checkpoints with them? We are making them feel seen and valued and um, that accountability piece is so, so important, especially in coaching and making sure that we've got accountability set points for them. What does that client journey look like? And really describing that and, and what that means. And, um, and sometimes even describing some of this out is one of the key indicators that we need to be bringing on some help and which is also another one of the steps. But, you know, and that's that's a hard thing for somebody who's in business and maybe you're in business for the first time for yourself to be thinking about what the business looks like as it grows and expands. But it's, you know, it's time to start thinking about that now, what it could look like. Doesn't mean that it has to happen tomorrow, but what what should that client journey look like, especially as we start raising prices and adding more value to our programs and our products and our services? And um, what kind of team is going to take to be able to pull that off and really take care of people in a, you know, in a great way? So that's number four. Number five is defining your niche and your brand. And we talked a little bit about personal brand and what that looks like, um, but really uh, who your your niche is. Um, you know, that's that part of that is stepping into that personal um, into defining the perfect client again. And that's that's step seven. So we've got one in between there. Um, but really thinking about uh, who you want to serve and how you can show up as that person that does have that solution. Maybe you've walked through the thing and uh, now you're on the other side of it. Uh, one quote that I heard at one time uh, was, um, don't share from your wounds, share from your scars. I think it might've even been Brene Brown or you know somebody awesome like that. Uh, but that really impacted me that, you know, a lot of times we show up, you know, oh, I'm the messy mom or I'm the, you know, hot mess express or whatever. And that's great. It makes us feel like we're relatable to people. But really what people want to see is somebody who was that. And now they have created solutions to step out of that. And yes, we want to we want to be able to share and be open about what that mess looked like in our life, whatever that was for you, whether it was finances, health, weight, um, you know, it could be any number of things. They want to see that journey, but we need to be speaking from those scars and not those wounds. So um, really thinking about what that what that is for you um, and your niche and your brand and how you want to show up. Uh, number six is identifying the competition. 
And that is the one thing that does get, uh, you know, I like to kind of put a little buffer there because we never want to look at our competition and say, oh, the market's saturate, saturated or, oh, you know, how could I ever measure up to X, Y, or Z? Uh, what we want to do is we want to look at the competition that's around us and say, how can I be different? And a quote that I have here on the PDF is, you know, when everyone else digs, zag. And that's from the book uh, Zag from uh, Marty Newmeyer. I've got it on here. Uh, I think that's his name. Yeah, Marty Newmeyer um, from Zag. And, you know, I, I love that. And even I was in the industry for a very long time and out speaking and teaching and doing workshops. And I was I was copied a lot. And but the very first time that it happened, I was on a stage and I was speaking and a couple of weeks later, somebody was sending me um, pictures from someone who had completely ripped off a, a bunch of my stuff. And I called another speaker that I was a mentor of mine. And I called and I said, you know, told him what had happened and said, you know, what do I do? I feel like I, you know, never want to be out there speaking again. I never want to be teaching again like this. You know, I just got ripped off. And he was like, Lori, you've been given a gift. Um, when that happens, it's your opportunity to say, what's next? What's next for me? I get to do the next thing and hope that somebody wants to copy it. Uh, yeah. Right. So, um, it, you know, it's a different way of looking at, quote unquote, competition and that we always want to be, you know, OK, what's next for me? If everybody else is doing this, what could I do differently? And that's something that's really important in each of these steps is looking at how you're going to stand out in the marketplace. What's your little twist or a, even a little different piece of your story that is really going to impact and affect the, the people that are following you and, and working with you. Can so, I add some yeah. quick to that? Um, so I've only seen <laughs> somebody who would crop my name out of something and they copied it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, that was creative. <laughs> they just crop <laughs> it, there you go. Um, but I gotta say, if they're copying you, that means you are steps ahead. Anyways, you did it first. And so I think the key is to focus your energy on, as you said, Lori, what is next? And also, a lot of times that can only just make your work more credible because when somebody regurgitates it uh, in a way that it's not going to be as effective as the way the, the OG did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to add that. And the other thing is when you're looking at competition, don't look at it to compare yourself and make yourself feel bad. I think that's another thing people do is, as you said, they see it's so saturated, it might as well give up. No, there is any new business idea is just like a version of something slightly different and it's all good. There's more than enough clients for everybody and all of that. So I think it's key to, um, again, same thing with this whole business plan, not use it against yourself, use it for being curious, being like, interesting. I see that they're promoting this. I wonder what I can learn from that, that kind of thing. I love the word curious. Yes. Stay curious. Um, yes. Thank you for sharing that. So I, that was six, identify the competition. Seven is defining your perfect client. And this is something we all have heard 152,000 times, you know, know who your perfect client is, define your perfect client, or it may be that you're just hearing, um, you know, market to your client, perfect client, or get your perfect client by doing this. Well, we can't really do anything those things until we actually know and have defined who that person is. How am I going to go and track the perfect clients to me if I don't know who that client is? And 
um, I've been in business long enough and have always had a coach. I've been in coaching long enough um, to that. I have done the define your target client worksheet uh, so many times to the point of uh, several years ago, I was in a workshop and I was like, oh, my gosh, again, you know, defining your target client. And what I realized, though, is doing it again and again and again is so important because we are going to we we start attracting the people that we are focused on first of all we you know we get what we focus on uh, but the clearer we can get around this person and the more defined we can get around this person and who we really want to attract to us we will start we'll, we'll start seeing those people they are going to pop up all over it's like you know like the car analogy I'll, you know now i want to Blue Tesla. Well, now I see blue Teslas everywhere. I don't want a blue Tesla, but you get the, the idea. You know, we start seeing those people. And um, so it's not just, you know, back in the day, I used to always say, know um, where she's spending time and where she's spending money. Those things will tell you about her, her priorities, her values, who she is, what's important to her. And those things are important when we're thinking about our perfect client. But I now like to even dig into personality. So, you know, I want to, I personally want to work with people who are positive people. I want to work with people who love Jesus. I want to work with people who are not um, uh, complainers who put their family first. Uh, you know, like there are certain personality traits that even get deeper into, um, and yes, some of those other priorities where she's spending time, where she's spending money, um, tell me about what those priorities and values are. Does she, you know, work in certain organizations? Does she volunteer here? Does she have a certain type of business? Who is she attracting into her life? Who does she surround herself with? Those things are important. But even digging down into personal personality traits and depending on the type of business, especially if you're doing any one to one coaching, um, you might even get off a call at some point and go back to that perfect target client and say, where did I miss the boat? <laughs> I did not attract the right person into this. Um, you know, so how can I even get clearer on this messaging, what I'm putting out in the world? Um, that has happened to me in the past where I've gone back and said, all right, I'm clearly not attracting the right person in. Like, what do I need to get clear on? So um, just getting really super uh, clear about who that person is. And the, the clearer we get on that, the clearer we are on how we can represent ourselves and our business to attract that person to us. So um, that's one of my favorite steps of all of this now, even though I used to be the person that was like, oh, one more time. Um, so that's seven. Number eight is your marketing strategy. We all know that that's important, so I won't spend a lot of time there. But actually making a plan around your marketing is something that's really, really important. You know, Haley mentioned earlier, we want more clients. Um, you know, that's the goal, but then breaking it down. How am I going to get those clients? What are those daily methods of operation? And if I can say one thing about marketing, uh, one thing that I always encourage every single person in business, no matter what, uh, to have on your, um, you know, your DMO, your daily method of operations is connections and conversations. Every single day, connections and conversations need to be part of your plan. Um, but of course, marketing, we we could spend all day there, Haley, but <laughs> um, I will move on. Number nine is building your team. So really thinking about 
who it is that you want to align yourself with on your team, those, those tasks. And it doesn't have to be a full-time person. It can be outsourced. It can be a VA. It could be um, somebody that comes and cleans your house. Uh, that is something that years ago, another thing that I learned right away to um, prioritize my, my daily, uh, or not my daily, my hourly uh, value when I'm working. And then any task that I could outsource for less than that amount, I was going to outsource. And so even creating um, one of the exercises that I like to do is have you write out an agenda of every single task that you do in your business from nine to five, whatever your hours are, uh, Monday through Friday, every single thing that you do in your business from cleaning, <laughs> you know, the task to bookkeeping to, you know, marketing, all the things that you have to do, not just the thing you do. Because sometimes we're we're so you know focused on just that thing we do. It's like no, there are so many other pieces that it takes to actually run this business and be able to do this and scale the business, especially. So um, writing all of those tasks out and then going back through with a system. I like to go through and uh, just put an A next to anything that um, it doesn't actually take me to do, and a B next to those things that someone else could do. And you'll be pretty shocked at the things that are left with an A. And then next, we want to go through and put a one next to anything I enjoy doing and a two next to things that I don't enjoy doing. I don't enjoy bookkeeping. I don't enjoy you know, a lot of the admin tasks. And so I'm going to put a two next to those things. And if it's something that's an A2 or a B2, something that does not take me to do it and I don't enjoy, those are going to be the first things that I outsource. And it literally can be making sure that you have not only that cleaning person that comes, for example, I had somebody for many years who came and did all my meal prep for me um, just because it was, you know, it was not worth my time to do that for my family. And so I had somebody else do that. So, you know, any task that you can do like that, that you're going to outsource, but also make a plan for what you're going to be doing during that time. Um, so it's not just a luxury. Somebody's going to come clean. Somebody's going to come do the laundry. Somebody's going to do the meal prep. But what am I going to be doing to build business during that time? Uh, those activities that are income producing. Um, so that is number nine. And then lastly is number 10. Another one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. And this is um, pricing, sales and projections. And projections are huge for your business. That's going to be um, really looking out over the next quarter, six months, year, and what is business going to look like? And a quote I have here is, it's not magic, it's math. And that's from Kim Walsh Phillips, another coach that I've worked with. And, uh, you know, Kim always says, you know, it's just, it's just numbers on paper. Get the numbers on paper. And going even back to that competition thing, Haley, um, you know, it's interesting as we're building out our programs or planning our products even, it's, you know, how many people does it take when I'm putting projections out, it's looking at a month and saying, how many of X do I want to sell? How many of Y and how many of Z do I want to sell? And, um, you know, and the numbers that it would look like if those were sold. And when we really start breaking it down and what that looks like, if we know our number, if I need to serve 100 clients, if I need to serve 1000 clients, whatever that looks like, if I know my number, the competition doesn't really matter as much because I know I 
I only have to find 100 of those perfect people or a thousand of those, whatever your number is, it doesn't matter. It could be, it could be way more than that. Um, when we're looking at the health industry, we know that the health industry, billions of dollars are spent in the health industry every year. Do you think you could find a thousand people out of that industry, right? So we don't have to get so worked up about the competition. We just have to worry about attracting the right people to us, those right, perfect 1,000, 100, whatever your number is. So um, projections are really, really important. And then a little bonus that I have down here is future planning and growth. And that is a, an important part of a business plan is thinking out those three years, five years uh, down the road. Um, I was just working with someone the other day who she's got a, a really good five-year plan. And I was congratulating her because, you know, most people can't really see that far ahead to say, okay, in five years, here's what I want my business to look like. Um, but it's really important because like Haley was saying about working backwards when we know what the end goal is where the whether it's the end of the year or five years whatever we're looking at when we know what that end goal is we can start breaking things down and working backwards to put those those plans in place and that strategy in place so um like we said in the beginning that the business plan is really just that foundation it is going to change it's going to evolve it's going to grow as your knowledge and ideas and um you know experience in the marketplace grow and change and evolve. So you don't have to write and feel like you're stuck with it. It is something that you wanna revisit often and plan those reviews. Um, I encourage everyone that at the end of every workday, you plan at least 15 minutes to just go back and, and evaluate your day and really think about what went well, what could go better. Um, when you're, anytime you're starting something new, if you're new to selling, if you're new to reaching out to people, um, whatever that looks like, think about that at the end of every transaction, you know, like how could have I done that better? What went really well about that? We want to congratulate ourselves about the, the good things too. Um, but to keep working on that plan. Uh, but the, the, the point of all of this is to start, you know, start with a plan, set aside some time yourself. I um, actually schedule off time on my calendar every year to rewrite my business plan. And I've been in business for 30 some years <laughs> and every single year I am rewriting my business plan. So um, obviously I, I think it's really important. <laughs> I love that. Yes, 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 totally. And I think the other thing too, when you make a business plan is you see what's not on it. And you're like, oh, I don't have to go learn Pinterest ads right now. Right. <laughs> and you're not like as all over the place as some of us get when their shiny object syndrome kicks in. Um, so a couple things there. I just want to say, first of all, thank you for giving us this full plan. I love it. Everybody here can comment plan below if you want the summary. Uh, if you're really stuck on step number eight, marketing strategy, I highly recommend my free training, uh, how to get clients without posting more or needing a big audience at HaleyRow.com slash training and get um, Lori, like, like I want to share, how can they get in touch with you? How can they see you online? All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Lori Nordstrom everywhere. Um, or Lori Team Gold Digger. I have uh, that Facebook account as well. But um, you can find me in the Gold Digger Girl uh, group. We have a Gold Digger Girls or Gold Digging Boss Babes group, as well as Gold Digger Creatives. Um, that's for coaches and all about social selling. 
Awesome. Awesome. I was just in there, Gold, Gold Digger Creatives, uh, doing a live about LinkedIn. So yes, thank out. you so much. LinkedIn Thanks. is my weak link, no pun intended or pun intended. <laughs> that was a very good pun. We'll end it on that note. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.